Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Family Sanctuary, a show that inspires living the gospel message in word and deed within our families. And now, Family Sanctuary with host Peggy Hartshorn. Welcome to the Family Sanctuary, focusing on life-giving relationships and the family. I'm your host, Peggy Hartshorn, chairman of Heartbeat International that advances life-affirming pregnancy help around the world. And today we have a guest that you may have heard before on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. We have another program uh, in our archives with Andrea Tredden. Uh, and welcome, Andrea. Welcome back to the program. Ooh, glad to be back. <laughs> let, me, let me introduce Andrea and our topic today. Uh, we're going to be focusing in on a topic that is near and dear to uh, Andrea's heart and also to her profession as the Vice President of Communications for Heartbeat International. And, um, and of course, near and dear to my heart as well, because uh, I was uh, formerly a college English professor. I, I love studying words, understanding words, helping people realize the impact and the importance of the, the word that we choose and the words that we choose, and how we can really also, um, uh, words can be used in, in, in such a manipulative way. Um, and, and that's what's happening in the, in the language that we're going to be talking about today, which is the language of abortion and how how is that language being used today and how is it really um, manipulative and spreading lies and leading us into so many paths that are so dangerous? Uh, so we want to talk about that as well as uh, how can we actually fight against that? You know, prayer is absolutely essential, of course, but in our own language, in our families, uh, in our friendships, uh, in in our parishes, how can we talk to people using the kind of language that will really bring about the truth uh, and help them understand that manipulation that they're hearing in the press and in the media and sometimes from from our own friends uh, who have been influenced. So let me introduce Andrea more properly. Uh, Andrea oversees the public face of Heartbeat International and its network of more than 3,000 pregnancy help organizations as our vice president of communications and marketing. She began her professional career in radio while she was obtaining a degree in journalism and communications from The Ohio State University. And uh, she took those skills that she was developing in speaking and writing and communication uh, into the pro-life movement. And so she's one of the voices that you may hear in the media for Heartbeat International on radio and television interviews. And uh, she also helps our Pregnancy Help Network understand more about communications. She's certified in inbound uh, and email marketing. Um, she works in social media as well. She has opportunities to speak to organizations on messaging clearly and effectively in trying to advance their mission. So she keeps her, her uh, eyes and ears really attuned to uh, what is being said, promoted, marketed in terms of abortion in our world today. She and her husband, Dan, have uh, three children, Juliana, uh, Angela, and Lucas. She says they want to change the world when they grow up. <laughs> They're working on it. <laughs> like their mom. <laughs> And dad. <laughs> so welcome, Andrea. You and your husband and family are also members of St. Paul the Apostle Church in Westerville. So welcome. And um, 
As I mentioned in the introduction, this subject is so near and dear to my heart. Uh, you and I have been have been kind of sharing thoughts and mm-hmm. ideas on this as well. And um, uh, I wanted to start us out just with um, thinking back to the early days of uh, my involvement in pro-life. And my husband and I got involved, actively involved, right at the time of the Supreme Court decision, uh, right after January 22nd, 1973, when Roe v. Wade was handed down. Um, and and I was following the issue uh, before that because I was in college in California. Mm-hmm. At the time, California became one of the first states to legalize abortion. So I was tuned into what was happening. And as a cradle Catholic, I was very pro-life. I was I was shocked by what was going on. And as a person who loved language, I was an English major. I paid attention to the words. And um, at that time, I would say that that even though, um, of course, abortion, uh, the, 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 the pro-abortionists uh, thought that Roe v. Wade was a great victory, um, they also, I think in the culture, there was still some uh, reticence even about the word abortion. Mm-hmm. It had some negative connotations. And so, um, so the terms that, uh, about abortion in, in those days, the one that you heard the most, was a uh, right to choose. You know, uh, abortion is a choice and it's my body, my choice. All right. So the idea that was focused on that, that was trying and the wording, of course, was carefully chosen to try to influence people in that direction. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, who, who could be against choice? And I can remember uh, so many pro-lifers in those days, you know, we were just, why did they, how did they come up with this language that, um, how do we combat that? Because it was very difficult to break through that. That's what I would call a euphemism. They didn't want to say the word abortion. All right. Um, Now we've gotten to the point, you and I were, were brainstorming. um, What, what's a new slogan they're using today? Shout, shout my abortion. Shout my abortion. Shout my abortion. All right. Over the last 50 years, and particularly since the overturn of Roe v. Wade um, in, in the Dobbs decision, the idea that abortion is something to be proud of, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, we're past the euphemism stage. And we're at the point where, where we are really um, using language or we hear language constantly on the pro-abortion side of this issue that is really trying to break down any instinct that people have that abortion might be something wrong. Right. Yeah. And we've been, we were talking about the fact that over the years and the variations as to how they've been softening that language for such a long time um, to get abortion kind of known as the choice. And so it's, it's as a em- mainstream choice and it's empowering women and it gives them that um, ability. Um, so it's interesting now to see uh, the both and extremes, because on the one hand, you have it to where they're completely not using the word abortion. They're um, changing the language. They're uh, softening how they talk about pregnancy and that it's not a baby and they're dehumanizing completely, but not saying abortion necessarily. And then the other extreme is that shout my abortion. For Mm -hmm. those who've had it and experienced abortion, they want them to be affirmed that the choice was an amazing one and they need to be empowered by that choice and how (laughs) freeing it was while missing the entire middle of the nation and, and all those in the middle who really don't 
one abortion. We've talked about that, where it's like nobody wants to have that abortion. So it's fun to look at the extremes. Um, fun, I say, kind of ironically. <laughs> As a person interested in language. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because you're seeing the two complete opposites happening, where they're completely muddying what it means while also embracing and shouting it loudly. Mm-hmm. So it's very It shows the conflict, mm-hmm. doesn't it? It shows the conflict in our culture and even in, in the culture of those who are pro-abortion, um, you know, because we know through pregnancy help, we mm-hmm. underst- we've talked to so many women who are thinking of abortion or have even decided they want to have an abortion or they say they want to have an abortion. But when you really help them get past the fears and mm-hmm. barriers um, that, that, are, that are really... Um, that are really clouding their instinct, that maternal instinct that God gave us that is so strong. You know, I have never heard a woman that I have talked to ultimately say, I really want to have an abortion. They'll say, I have to do it. Uh, but they don't really want to. Interesting, you, interestingly, you and I were uh, involved in an interview with CNN recently. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a point that I made to the CNN reporter, which she put in the article. However... Uh, the women that she had interviewed also uh, on the other side, mm-hmm. the article concluded with one of those women uh, who was very pro-abortion saying, well, I had an abortion, but of course I didn't want it. Right. They affirm it. <laughs> they understand that no woman wakes up thinking, I, you know what? I think I'm going to have an abortion. Today. I want to like, do that today. Nobody does yeah. that. And even as you mentioned, what we see in the pregnancy help organizations is when the women are asked the questions, um, it turns out that they don't want an abortion. They feel they have no choice. Right. So it's fascinating to hear that word choice so often mm-hmm. where we hear it from the women directly who are in those moments who truly feel they're either being coerced mm-hmm. or they feel very alone, mm-hmm. um, but they feel that they have no choice. And then when they have options opened up to them, that's when they have this sense of freedom. And it's like, wait a minute, I do have options here. Mm-hmm, and so it's like, mm-hmm. there there are choices that are available to me. Abortion sure. is not the only choice that sure. is there. Absolutely. And isn't it odd, even though, of course, you still hear, it's my choice. You still mm-hmm. hear that term or my body, my choice, even though it's not quite as common. Uh, however, the irony, again, that pregnancy help centers who provide all those choices mm-hmm. uh are now in the bullseye of of attack from the other side. Well, because it's the life-affirming choices. Therefore, in the minds of many, as we um, kind of dissect the different language that has been out there, um, we, when you look at the search engine results that come up when you look for abortion or you watch a television show and hear the music in pop culture today, it's all about empowering and being in complete control. And then you kind of take any life-affirming word that would even be associated with that, and it's completely nixed. It's thrown out because they um, certain organizations, certain companies and corporations see to it that anything that is um, not abortion is not pointed to when you are talking about reproductive health or um, choices in regard to uh, women's rights. Can you give an example of what you're talking about? Yeah, so when you start to really dissect... Um, The mindset of a woman when she feels that when she wakes up and she thinks that she's scared and or she thinks that she's pregnant and she doesn't know what to do, where is she going to go? Typically in today's world, honestly, actually now she's going to TikTok Mm -hmm. or Google and she's looking for help there. Mm -hmm. 
Well, certain um, pro-life organizations are completely banned from those sites. They're not allowed to advertise. Um, the abortion pill reversal is not allowed to be on Google at all um, advertised because it is um, seen by Google as misinformation mm-hmm. in spite of the fact that we know that more than 4,000 lives have been saved through its use. Let's um, just stop there for a quick yeah. minute to say that abortion pill reversal, the abortion pill reversal network of mm-hmm. over 1,200 uh, providers who will will provide that protocol, which is a very healthy protocol of progesterone, oh, yeah. which can be taken by a woman uh, while she's in the process of an abortion pill abortion, uh, after she's taken the first pill, before she's taken mm-hmm. the second, and we have the evidence of 4,000 very healthy yeah. live babies uh, being born as a result of stopping that abortion. All right. right. Abortion pill reversal, reversing that first pill. You're saying, and here's a perfect example, that women can't find that. Oh, it's completely censored. Mm -hmm. And um, it's not just on Google, but Facebook and other big tech organizations as well. And then if you even see it written about in um, article, news articles, depending upon which outlet you're in, um, most mainstream ones will always have a qualifier um, stating that it is unproven mm-hmm. and casting doubt. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that you definitely see um, in various news articles or blogs, um, different magazines. I, I love, I, I'm a glutton for punishment. I love following like Teen Vogue and seeing how <laughs> they talk about um, different issues related to abortion mm-hmm. and how they are talking to teen girls about it. So how, what what are they saying? Oh, how are the, what's the language they're using or the kinds of promotion? Everything is um, that it is an empowering tool to utilize and have access to. And anything that basically any restriction, any regulation by states or by um, any organization and pharmaceutical companies, things like that, any censorship of abortion is wrong. And it's mm-hmm. a, an attack against women, mm-hmm. um, which we'll talk about how the pregnant people come in later. Um, <laughs> but it's an attack against them directly. When mm-hmm. you make it to where um, they're writing it in a way that women should be fearful that they're trying to take their rights away, that they're trying to take right. a choice away from them. Yeah. And um, that, they play and- off those fears. And actually, let me reintroduce our host or our guest because we're <laughs> almost halfway through our program and we've got so much more we want mm. to talk about, Andrea. Uh, Andrea Treden, who is the Vice President of Communications and Marketing for Heartbeat International and an expert in communications and specifically focused on abortion communications. Mm-hmm. So we've been talking about, we started with kind of a euphemistic attitude toward abortion. Often the word wasn't used. It was my choice. Uh, now um, now we're, we're back to shouting about abortion abortion, mm-hmm. promoting abortion, saying it's a positive thing for women, um, as well as sometimes trying to obscure it, but that's because they want to get more into the social media. The example that you and I talked about was now the abortion pill, because the pill, because pill, the abortion pill, um, Google um, protocol indicates that uh, unless you're a pharmaceutical mm-hmm. company, you can't be advertising a pill, Right. Right. So so how are they advertising the abortion pill now? So it is interesting to kind of watch how that term in particular has adjusted over the years because it started out as um, like RU486 and then mifepristone, misoprostol, so the, the technical terms. But then it turned to like the abortion pill to be more mm-hmm. like mainstream, mm-hmm. um, moving then to medication abortions. Um, 
And now what we are starting to see is missed period pills. And so what they're advocating for um, is women to have these in their homes just in case they have a missed period. And so that allows them, um, because of certain algorithms on social media and in Google, um, certain words, word combinations such as abortion and pills, um, if you're not a pharmaceutical company, you cannot advertise for it. And what we know um, is abortion pills account for more than half of the abortions in the United States. And many of them come from overseas companies online. Right. And so while it is good that um, Google and uh, Facebook and others are trying to crack down on those people who are trying to take advantage of these young illegal, women illegal, illegally, illegal. Mm-hmm. they're working with the language to try to get around it by yeah. instead of saying abortion pill, they're going to miss mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, we're starting to see that more and more actually um, in the U.S. articles and such, not just overseas, but they're trying to in, uh, get that more in line and you'll start to see And again, it. that will obscure exactly. for many people the knowledge of what these missed period pills really do. They don't just bring your period on. They actually cause abortions. And it's so yes. it's it's pumping young girls and young women um, who do take them. One, because they are not necessarily from here, we don't know what is in them. Mm-hmm. We cannot advocate mm-hmm. or Sorry, we would never advocate for that, but we cannot even affirm what the woman what has taking, taken. Right. Um, so when she, if she has issues um, and needs to go to the hospital, that's a huge issue because right. don't necessarily know what it is. That's and right. then also the dangers to women. Absolutely. Under the guise mm-hmm. of women empowerment. Yeah. Um, quickly, let's just point out to no, yeah. the, the crazy, confusing language that has been brought into this discussion now because of the whole transgender issue mm. and the press is is now even ap the uh, associated press guidelines and so forth they're trying to get away from using the terms men and women uh because of course not everybody is a man or a woman according to them <laughs> right it's very interesting and and so if you don't say men or women you have terms like for instance pregnant people or people with uteruses. Yes. These are terms now that are that you will find. These in are the press. in the AP style book, mm-hmm. which means the AP style book is followed by most of the large um, newspaper networks. Mm-hmm. And so you have a few newspapers that actually run most of the local papers and things mm-hmm. nationwide. Yes. So if they're all following this AP style book, they're getting actually quite mixed messages as of this year because in May, they added the phrase pregnant people mm-hmm. to describe uh, trans and non-binary people or people who could get pregnant but not necessarily identify as women. They were trying to be more inclusive. Mm-hmm. And it ended up actually shooting them in the foot because in May as well was when the Dobbs leak mm-hmm. happened. So people were starting to talk about abortion and women were, rightly so, getting very offended that all of these newspapers were now excluding them were um, talking about women. They weren't mm-hmm. talking about mm-hmm. women. They mm-hmm. were utilizing the um, the topic of abortion, but then t- excluding women and saying pregnant people. And now we see this in our politicians' language as well, mm-hmm. because we um, we've seen uh, senators use it when talking about abortion rights, about pregnant people, and so they actually the AP style to jump ahead uh, into August. They updated their language to say, well, actually, I'll just quote them. Um, Because they said pregnant women, pregnant people, pregnant women or women seeking abortions is acceptable phrasing. (laughs) 
Phrasing mm. like pregnant people or people seeking abortion is also acceptable to include people who've had those experiences but do not identify as women. Use judgment and decide what is most appropriate. That takes out all accountability while still excluding women in certain mm-hmm. cases. Mm-hmm. But again, abortion, it, this reminded me of how abortion and contraception have always been treated slightly differently ever since the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yes, now they don't want to use the word woman, but you can use the word women when you're when you're talking about abortion. All right. Um, it, it reminded me of how from the very beginning mm-hmm. um, of this whole thing, and it started with the pill, um, parental rights were thrown out the window. School counselors right. uh, in in the 60s and 70s could could give uh, take a girl to uh, an abortion clinic or family planning clinic, uh, put her on the pill, actually uh, take her for an abortion without parental consent. And we're seeing that in certain yes, states again. It all abortion as somehow this reproductive health, which is again mm-hmm. uh, started as a euphemism for abortion, reproductive health care. Um, and now, uh, well, it, 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 it really always accepted abortion from the standards. Um, so we see that again today. It's, it's just amazing. So we've been talking about the language, uh, starting with right to choose. Remember the Clinton years, safe, legal, mm-hmm. and rare. That's no law. That's They've been thrown, thrown that out, out the window. Absolutely. Uh, women's women's rights, um, and and the, the 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 use of these terms to to manipulate people's thinking and to break down our our instincts mm-hmm. that are really God given. You know, for mothers to protect their children, for fathers to protect their children. Um, you know, you hear a lie long enough and, mm-hmm. and you just begin, it begins to break down, you begin to believe it. So what can we do? Let's, uh, we've got a few minutes here, Andrea, to talk about, we're, we're not in charge of the AP. We can't change that. No. And it's beyond <laughs> that because it is in all of our pop culture today, so yes. for our youth. So what do we do as as concerned people about this? Um, I, I think it's important that um, we, we're not, we, we can't be afraid of talking about the truth right. with our children, with our siblings, with our friends. I've heard people say uh, that they're, that now abortion is a taboo subject even to discuss in the church, you know, in their mm-hmm. church groups, in their Bible studies, because so many Catholics now have had abortions. Right. And, and we want to always express the, our, our, our hope that they will find the help and healing that they need because Jesus is ready to, to forgive that and to help them become whole again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we want them to seek that help and find that help, which is readily available. Um, so, but because of that, and because of the lies that people have been hearing in the media for so long, it's very difficult to even bring up the subject. Or when someone uses language like this that is so misleading and and untrue, you know, how do we talk about it? So, um, I'm thinking that. The, how we like to, to talk about this in heartbeat <laughs> oh, yeah. is something I'd like to share at this point. And, and that's what we call the love approach. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's a way of communicating where your first goal is to really listen to the other person. That is the very loving thing to do. Uh, if someone would say, for instance, well, every woman has to have the right to an abortion. They're taking away our rights. you know. And, and the first thing I think 
it's important to do is listen to that person Mm -hmm. and say, well, okay, tell me about that. You sound really upset by that. Tell me, tell me about that. Tell me about that feeling. Right. Mm -hmm. There's something under that anger or that fear or that, uh, that passion that that's being expressed there. You know, well, tell me about that. Why is that important to you? You know, I, I want to know. And let's see, let's unpack that with the person. And when we do that in a pregnancy center, you know, and with each other, actually, we find that there are so many uh, feelings that need to be expressed there, uh, experiences that need to be explored, um, help that maybe needs to be provided, you know. And, and so spending most of that conversation just listening uh, is so important. And what we find is sometimes people sort through things mm-hmm. on their own as they start sharing. It's very good to be quiet yeah. and just allow them to speak because so much gets released right. at that time. And, and it's so difficult now uh, to have a debate on this issue. Oh, you yeah. know, Really, it's, it's almost impossible to, to say, okay, well, let me hear your side and then let me give my side. No, right. <laughs> it's not going to work. <laughs> let's sort this out logically. <laughs> no logic. Let, hmm. Let's see how many times, you know, you're drawing a conclusion without enough evidence. No, you know, that I don't think is where we need to be today uh, in our families, with our friends, in our communities, in our parishes. We need to really listen. And then when that person feels respected mm-hmm. and cared about because they've been listened to, they're much more likely to listen to you. Mm -hmm. Because that trust has been there. Because it's not you talking at them. You're listening and receiving the information and then opening some new doors. Yes, you open other options and ways of thinking about it. Um, And then you can also weave in the V-step, a new vision. Mm -hmm. Uh, What if the person has had an abortion? Exactly. How about the vision that... You know, um, that was must have been a terrible thing for you to have to go through. And, you know, um, you know, Jesus loves you and <laughs> and 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 help and hope is available. You know, if, if you really uh, want to unburden yourself and um, and accept the love and forgiveness that's there, uh, sharing that kind of a vision um, or if the woman has been sharing perhaps a, a, a pregnancy that she had where she had no help and support, mm-hmm. what about the vision that, you know, you can help and support others in a very positive way, you know, so that they would never have to go through what you've gone through. Um, there is help and hope available. So a new vision and perhaps some, some practical help mm-hmm. also. So that's the love approach in the E-step, the enabling and, and helping people to make a positive choice with practical help. So the, the most important thing, I think, is the avenues of communication. Well, sorry that we're out of time. And there's so much more we can discuss. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can come back and try it again. Oh, yeah. It's amazing <laughs> how much there is and, and how language is all around us, in the shows, in the news, in the articles, in the music. It exists everywhere. So understanding. Pay attention. Exactly. Absolutely. Well, thank you all for listening to St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, the Family Sanctuary. And I'm your host, Peggy Hartshorn, with archives at St. Gabriel radio.com. So please join us again to strengthen our families and make them sanctuaries of life as God intends. Family Sanctuary is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Family Sanctuary with Peggy Hartshorn are available at stgabrielradio.com.